0: Welcome to the Plymouth Community Church. My name is Linda Lang, and I am the pastor here, and we would love you to join us in person at 18519 Popular Street in Plymouth, California. So if you're in the area, you can come by a Sunday morning at 1045, we would love to have you, and I would like to meet you personally. Well today, we're gonna be talking about the Holy Ghost. Now we are a Pentecostal church, at birth, okay? We have been a Pentecostal church, I guess, at least 40 years, and we are still a Pentecostal church. However, there are some things that we don't do here in the church, which is speaking in tongues, running around, you know, all that uh, emotional stuff. What we do is we simply teach the Word and serve the Lord with our whole hearts, mind, and strength. And the reason why I want to talk to you about the Holy Ghost today is because the Scriptures tells us clearly to pray in the Holy Ghost. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to be with this message today and that you would open up the ears of the hearers to comprehend what it is you want to tell them. In Jesus' name, amen. So we all are to pray in the Holy Ghost. Now in the Pentecostal church and other churches speaking in tongues is very vital to their worship and Uh, we agree, but not everybody has the gift and so a lot of people feel like oh I'm less than because I don't speak in tongues or oh maybe I'm not a good enough Christian because I don't have that gift. No. It just means that God hasn't given you that gift and that's okay. You've got other gifts, music, singing, uh, helps, uh, movement, working with people, preaching, uh, gosh, hospitality, on and on and on there are a variety of gifts. Speaking in tongues is just one of those gifts okay so please get this and and I hope that by the time you you finish watching this you're going to get it really clearly that you are in the Holy Ghost right now for those who have received Christ as their Savior. Why do I say that? Because in order to speak or pray in the Holy Ghost, that means the Holy Ghost needs to be in you. Now how does the Holy Ghost get in you? Well, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Holy Ghost comes into you when you've received Jesus and the completed work on the cross. So, if you have acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you have said, yes, come into my heart and save me and cleanse me from all sin so that I have an eternal home in heaven. And if you have said that in your lifetime, the Holy Spirit took residence in you. The Holy Spirit himself took residence in you. See, when we were a child, we would say, "Uh, Jesus, come into my heart. You know, that's what we were taught when we were growing up, maybe even in your church today, they say, okay, that's Jesus into our heart. That's not what we do. We recognize Jesus is the way, but we say, Lord, thank you for sending me the comforter, the Holy Spirit into my heart. Because see, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. You know, he's not going to just jump into every heart. (laughs) Jesus is a person. When he came onto this earth, he was a person when he ascended to heaven he was one person and it says he now sits at the right hand of the Father he's not going to get down off the throne for five million people and get into their heart no Jesus said I'm not going to leave you comfortless I'm going to send you therefore the Holy Spirit so when you receive Christ as your Savior you have the Holy Spirit here's another evidence that you have the Holy Spirit that you can say, Jesus is Lord. (laughs) That Jesus is the Son of God. You know, you couldn't say that unless you had the Holy Spirit in you saying it. There's a lot of people in the world that can't say that because they do not bear witness to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who teaches us, shows us the truth, takes the scriptures, helps us to walk in it. You see, he's our comforter. He's our get up and do. I call it our, our holy get up and go, right? So I need, you to, I need you to get this. If you are a Christian, if you're a believer, you have the Holy Ghost. Don't let anybody tell you any different. You have the Holy Ghost. When you've received Christ, you have the Holy Ghost. He does not jump in and out of you. All right. How many times have you heard singers say, Holy Spirit, come into this place, or Holy Spirit, fall on me, fall on me. Uh, that's error. That's error. I'm sorry. That's absolute error. The Holy Spirit is within you. <laughs> it's in you. You you bring it wherever you go. If you've received Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna get that down. You're, I'm gonna say it 25 times until you get it. But here's what we can do with that Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at Jude 120 through 22. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus and to eternal life, and some having compassion, making a difference. So let me ask you this question. That scripture says it all. Are you building yourself up in the faith? Do you read your Bible? Do you want to, you know, live for God? Do you watch uh, videos on TV with other pastors? Are you seeking God? Do you really want to know the Lord? Yeah, in all your mess and all the way that we do funky things during the day, but our goal is to really know the Lord. Okay, you have the Holy Ghost and it says praying in the Holy Ghost and this is This is really cool. It goes, Praying in the Holy Ghost. And then it goes on to say, How? Here's how. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And I add, How? Keeping yourselves in the love of God. (laughs) Easy. Easy peasy. Keeping yourself in the love of God. Wow. I have to keep myself in the love of God. You know, the Bible says that God loves us. God is love. We love Him because He first loved us. So when you receive Christ into your heart, you also receive the love of God. But you can not receive the love of God. That's why it says keep yourselves in the love of God because you can jump out of it at any time by looking at what the world is doing. Fear, anxiety, stress. Oh! But I'm going to give you a clue here. You're still in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> You're still in the Holy Ghost. All right keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So we have confidence knowing that our salvation is in Jesus. I know for a fact, though I'm here on the earth, though I haven't uh, completed my journey, though I'm not into eternity yet, I know for a fact that I'm going to heaven. How many of you can say that? How many of you, even Christians can say, well, um, I know for a fact, I'm, go- I'm bound to heaven. Because there's others that say, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Do you want to be sure? You want to be sure? You just say, Lord, I'm going to declare that what you say in your word is true, that today I will be with you in paradise. Isn't that what Jesus said on the cross to the thief? Today you shall be with me in paradise. So there is a hereafter. And we go, well, maybe I'm not good enough. No, you're not. But through Jesus Christ, He makes you righteous so that you can go. So when you have Jesus in you, you are sealed. You can't lose it, okay? But here's something you can do. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 430. Let's take a look at that. Ephesians 430. Now, if you have a hard time finding Ephesians in your Bible, I like to use this little jingle. God eats popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, uh, Philippians, and Colossians. God eats popcorn. We're going to read Ephesians 430. And grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. You are sealed into the day that you're redeemed, until the day you go be with the Lord, until the day you take your last breath, you are redeemed and then he takes you the rest of the way to the Lord. You are saved today. You have received Christ into your heart because you proclaimed Jesus as the savior of the world and I received him and, and accepted what he did on the cross. And then Jesus says, because I can't live in you personally, I'm going to send a comforter. Now you're sealed. Now you're in the spirit. I like it. to, You know what? It is an inside job. <laughs> I love it because we will never, ever, ever fall out of being in the Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. You will never, ever, ever fall out of being in the Holy Ghost. If Jesus is in you, then you are in the Holy Ghost. You've got to get this. But again, we can grieve the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.30, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? We say things like, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to forgive my neighbor. (laughs) They're terrible. I'm not going to forgive them. You're grieving the Holy Spirit is going eat eat inside of you. He's going, uh. So then you want to go someplace, okay? You want to go and eat, and then you go, Oh, I want to have a I want to drink. I just want to get drunk and forget my, my problems. And you go and you want to go drink and, and, and the Holy Spirit's going, eat, eat. ouch, ooch. See how you can grieve? By what you believe you're grieving, by what you're speaking, where you're going, what you're saying. Can grieve the Holy Spirit. But get this, He's with you. The Bible says He's with you wherever you go. Though you make your bed in hell, I will be with you. Ha! We can't leave the Holy Spirit behind. He's with you. You can't jump out of the Holy Spirit and go, go over there Holy Spirit while I go here. No, He's with you wherever you go. When you pray, get this, when you pray or just say a few words, oh Lord, help me, you're in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) There are people that pray that are unbelievers. Matter of fact, when I received Christ as my Savior, I was an unbeliever who prayed. (laughs) I was an unbeliever who prayed to believe and I repented and confessed and at that moment of time I was converted I had a home in heaven I was covered by the blood of Jesus but before that I was an unbeliever the only prayer God hears and responds to are those that have received Christ because then from that point on every time you pray you can move the hand of God there's power in there There's power in the name of Jesus. You've got to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, there's a lot of people praying out there. Oh, God. God, this. God, that. Who are they praying to? Which God? There's a lot out there, people. Which God are they praying to? I had been doing a little research when I was studying this on prayer. And a lot of the artists, the musical artists in the world, they prayed but they prayed to the devil. Oh devil, be prosperous in my music. Help me to become famous. Let me play like no tomorrow. And they sold their soul to the devil. And they're called the 26ers. They died at 26 years old. Janis Joplin, um, Jimi Hendrix were a couple and there were some others. But they died at 26 because they sold their soul to the devil. I hope that they got translated between the breath, the last breath and when they went to the Lord because I hope that God got a hold of them in that little twilight time. But as far as I know, they chose Satan. There's some other musicians, some older musicians in the 17th and 18th century who did the same thing. And they played, this one guy couldn't even play the violin. He just could barely play it. And he prayed, but he didn't pray to God. And he became the most for, you know, playing the violin, and he was making tons of money and everything else. But it was also said that he sold his soul to the devil. So people can pray. People are praying to different gods, Buddha, uh, all these different gods. Sun God, the water God, the earth God, Mother Nature, all these different gods. But they're not getting anywhere because the only God that's going to respond and answer you goes through Jesus Christ to the Father and Creator of all this world. You know, we were doing a Bible study here recently and uh, there's several scriptures in there. But the one we came across was, the earth is the Lord's you know, we're all talking about, oh, we're doing stuff to the earth, and we're doing global warming, and we're making the polars melt, and no, no, no. the earth is the Lord's, and he's going to do whatever he needs to do to bring about what he needs to have brought about. Now, of course, he's going to use man, he's going to use our decisions and stuff to make it happen, but it's still the Lord's earth. He doesn't let anything happen that doesn't go through him. Look at Job. Job, Oh my gosh, he, he was like the most righteous guy on the earth and yet Satan goes to God and says, okay, you protecting Job, but if you took your hands off of him, he's going to turn on you. And God says, well, let's see. So he put his hands off of Job and Satan got to attack him with all kinds of diseases and pestilence. He's lost his family, his kids, his cattle, his house, his friends. How would you feel? but he didn't give up on God. And guess what happened in the end? Because he stood strong and steadfast, the Lord returned to him double, more than he started with. Don't give up, honey. Don't give up on your stuff. Don't give up on what you know you need to do. Don't let other people tell you or dictate to you what you are to believe and to do. So when we pray, in the Holy Ghost. You're in the Holy Ghost if you receive Christ. I don't care if you feel like it or not. You're walking around in Walmart, you're shopping, you're in the Holy Ghost. I like it. Wherever you go, you're in the Holy Ghost. There's um, an armor that we wear as Christians. It says in Ephesians six eighteen, 18. Uh, we are to put on the whole armor of God, The helmet, the breastplate, the shoes, the belt of truth. I mean, all these things we needed to put on. There's only one armory piece that is not part of the armor, and it's prayer. Because you take all that armor, and to make it work, you cover it with prayer. See, prayer is the power. You know, the enemy knows what prayer is, and he wants to disrupt your prayer life. Every time you go to pray, the phone rings or you got to do something or something happens, your stomach growls and you're hungry. Okay, so you want to appease those things because the enemy is always distracting you from praying. Because he knows that prayer causes God's hand to move on your behalf. Prayer is power. Don't look at it as, oh... You know, at the very end of something happening, okay, now let's just pray. Oh my goodness, is that wrong? We've got it backwards. See, that's the enemy's thoughts. He wants you to think that God's the last resort. He should be our first resort. How many times have we said that? Lord, why didn't I just pray first? Oh no, we had to go through a whole bunch of hoops, call 25 people, and then go, oh, wait a minute. God, can you help me? You see, we have got to get in the habit of putting God first, seeking Him first. First. You know, seeking him first when we pray. Who are we praying for when we pray? You know, there's times when we pray, you know, for me and my house and my household. But I'm telling you something. We need to pray more than that. God is a big God. We need to pray for our government, for other churches, for the families, for the schools, for the land, for finances, for the gas prices, for the food. Worldwide. Worldwide. Because in that, you are there. If you pray for everybody else, you're praying for yourself. Instead of just praying a little prayer for yourself. That's a selfish prayer. And I don't think that's a lot's going to happen in that. But if you start praying and outreaching towards the world, like Jesus said, I came to save the world. If we take that ourselves and begin to pray for the world, it's going to do some changes in our lives. I wore this necklace. It's a necklace that a friend at the church here made. And he says, you know, it looks like the world in here. Because you are a worldwide minister, a worldwide pastor. And he says, you're gonna touch lives. And you know what, that's what Jesus said to do. Go out and preach the gospel to everyone that will listen. I remember listening to Amy Grant years ago, and she said when she first started out singing, she had all of her little dogs sitting on a chair like on a couch, and she would just sing to the dogs. She was just singing to them. She had no idea she was going to touch the world, but she was singing to who would listen. It says, just tell anybody and everybody and everything about the Lord. I think that's a good way to live. So do you have a prayer list? Let's talk about that for a minute. You know why we have prayer lists? Because we're praying for things we need why would we pray for something we don't need see here's the thing the enemy knows your need too and to him he's going to use it against you so if you pray that you have a need for a healing that's a hole in your life okay you need to fill it with the power and the presence of god saying lord yeah i i need a healing but i know you're on the way i know you're on the way and i know that i can trust in you you know i have an issue going on in my life for about 13 years now and it has been hard and i said lord take it away please take it away heal me restore me i've cried and i've prayed and i've changed my diet and i've looked at spiritual roots i've done everything that i can do finally this week 13 years later i heard the lord say my grace is sufficient for you the minute i accepted where i was doesn't mean i'm not going to continue to work at getting well but what i am doing is accepting where i am instead of going oh i wish i was like i was before he doesn't want you going back he doesn't want any of you going back he wants us to take where we are and go forward and the minute i did that things changed I started feeling at peace. I started loving my life. I started doing more things. I wasn't fighting every day to get well. I will do what I can do with what I have in my hands. The same for you. Where are you at? Are you chair bound? Are you bed bound? Are you house bound? It's okay, stay where you are. Do something with what you have. You can pick up a phone. You can watch something on television. You can do something where you are at because you are in the Holy Ghost. You can be 90 years old, receive Christ when you were 12. You're still in the Holy Ghost. He's never left you. He will never forsake you. I have a quote and I'm going to read it. If your prayer life isn't as intense as your fighting life, then it's not very fervent. See, the Bible tells us in James that a fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It doesn't mean a perfect man, get this, a righteous person is somebody in Jesus who has the Holy Ghost. You see how that works? So your prayers are righteous and a ferventness is upon you. Are you going to be fervent? Are you going to say, you know what, prayer is amazing, prayer is important. I think I'm going to pray. Let's take a look at what David did in closing. How did David pray? David prayed naked before the Lord. Okay, I'm not asking anybody to take your clothes off unless you're home and you wanna do that. However, David prayed just raising his hand seven times a day walking around his house, praising God and thanking the Lord and praying and praying and praising and hallelujah and Lord be with my family. Okay, there was one person in his life, his wife, Michael, who didn't like what he was doing. Matter of fact, because of her judging his worship towards the Lord, she never had any children. She was barren. That was what happens. God does do justice, and I believe he still does. So David's praying away, so I'm going to encourage you. You put your arms up. Seven times a day at least. Uh, Maybe this is the only exercise you get. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm laying in bed. My arms are up. I'm going down the hallway. Oh, Lord. You know, that's doing, that's giving God honor. It's recognizing and it's exercising your faith. You put your arms up. You know, in the battle, there was a battle going on and, um, Aaron and her was on the side of Moses. And Moses was like tired, his arms were tired. But every time he put his arms up the battle that they were fighting, they would be winning. But when he put his arms down, he would begin to lose. And he was getting so tired that his friends put his arms up because they knew that putting your arms up signified faith, belief, and trusting God in all things. You don't even have to say a word, people. Just go... (laughs) you are in the Holy Ghost because you have Christ in you but our actions speak louder than words Lord wow I think that's something we can practice today well I believe that's all the time we have for today again follow up with the scripture look at what the bible says about your life because you are already in the holy ghost if you've received christ as your savior and always lift your holy hands so your hands are holy did you know that lift your hands to the lord they are holy hands praising god father we thank you for this word of encouragement to letting the people know That when we have you in our heart, we have the Holy Ghost. It seals us. He's alive. He's well. He guides us and he directs us in all truth. He takes the scriptures and helps us make sense of it. Because Jesus is at the right hand of you, Lord God. Let us put that into perspective and let us know that we today are walking in the Holy Ghost. Whether we feel like it or not. Help us to not grieve the Holy Spirit by our actions, words, and speech, Lord. And let us, when we do, that we just repent and be restored back into the fold in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.